To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. Most like it never existed, but it fucking did. So do me a favor. Go yourself. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, recorded here off the grid. Like, subscribe, share, donate, PositiveSarcasm.com, slash donate, any amounts appreciated. Uh, check out the Weeble app, the affiliate link is in the description down below. Sign up using the affiliate link and you'll get free stocks just by funding your account, no strings attached. I'll get free stocks simply by you funding your account using the affiliate link down below, laying here in the, um, in the psychiatrist's couch. Even though I'm not solving the world's problems, I'll be there for you. No, you won't. Not today, you won't. Um, but, I mean, if you think I'm going to solve the Israel, Palestine, slash Lebanon, slash Iran, slash uh, uh, Turkey, slash uh, Qatar, slash United States uh, war that is completely unraveling, guess what? I got nothing for you. I can't help you. Um, I'm going to try to solve all your first world problems. Where's my coffee? Eh, whatever. Fuck it. Um, oh, must be upstairs. All right, whatever. I'm not solving that. I might solve some first world problems. Because that's basically all we got left. Is problems. We'll get more. Give it about a year. Interest rates even go down by like a point or two. Everybody's going to try to sell their house to make a quick book, buck, and they're going to send prices up, uh, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20%. And they're already up uh, a solid 20%. A solid 20%. In a place where you want to live, oh yeah, house prices are up 20%. 20 fucking percent. That's the real uh, core inflation right there, is a place to live. Straight up. Renting is another thing, but I'll tell you this much. In order to buy a house in a place that you actually want to live in, like forget about the size of the house, the square footage, just like a backyard in a town that you'd want to spend, I'd say, the next 15 to 30 years of your life you better have between one and two hundred thousand dollars in cash so that you can put that 20 percent down that's what you need okay first time home buyers forget it you don't matter any you're, you're useless you're not getting a home you're done it's over forget it um what are the other ones? Oh, 0% down? More like zero go fuck yourself. That's not happening either. Uh, it, 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 nope. Forget it. Your best bet is to, if you're like 20 right now, um, by the time you're 30, do your best to save $10,000 a year. And by the time you're 30, buy that house. But you're going to need 10 grand a year. And that's it. Now, if you put it on a, in a high interest savings account, you might get there like a year or two quicker. Um, but that's it. And 
you better be ma I mean you'll have to be making a lot of money yourself to afford it if you're gonna buy a house by yourself in some of these places you better be making a hundred grand a year in order to afford it with that hundred grand down if you do it with somebody else yeah you could probably be making 50 grand 50 to 55 50 to 60 grand and no debt by the way zero debt you better be driving a 1993 Ford Thunderbird as your daily car and maybe like a fucking 20 year old Celica as your winter beater you do that you'll be all right I mean obviously living within your means um, is something that's not taught anymore it isn't that's like out the window um, it is it's it completely out the window so everybody's like so you go to college the minute you go to college it's over so you're getting out of college I mean what is the average cost for college let's look that up what is the average what's the average cost for college um, let's see. Average tuition. Let's take a look here. Uh, according to let's say according to Business Insider, the average college tuition um, is ten thousand dollars. Well, this is twenty one twenty two. Two thousand twenty one. Okay, May. Yeah. Uh, ten thousand dollars for in-state students and twenty seven thousand for out-of-state students so two years you're 20 grand in debt it's gonna take you if you work really hard two to three years to pay that off especially right now with high interest rates that's what you're getting for college and if it's 20 if you're going to a like a college like a university four years so if you do four years at ten thousand dollars a year you got 50 40 50 grand so good luck with that and if you're going to like a college college like a university uh, 25 grand a year you got a hundred thousand dollars in debt your life's over pack it in put a gun in your mouth and blow your brains out um, if you don't go to college between the ages of 18 and 22 and you do everything from experience and you live at home with your parents for between 18 and 22 if you could just put up with them for four fucking years um, with a 5% savings account 4 and 5% you can at least have 40 grand 40 grand just sitting there not doing anything you'll have a chance and by the time you're in your 30s you can secure any home you want but if you go to college yeah you're not you're gonna what you think you're gonna go right into that 50, 60, 70,000 80,000, 90,000 dollar gig get the fuck out of here what are they feeding you over there? Jesus. Ooh, a little stupid juice? That's not happening. No way. You need a hundred grand to pay that hundred grand uh, student loan off. And you're not making a hundred grand the first year. Even if you weren't, you got uh, taxes to pay. A ton. You make a hundred grand a year, your fucking taxes are outrageous. Outrageous. I'll go on and on. I'm just telling you flat out. It's not happening. Stop thinking about it. Stop thinking you can go and buy that Audi fucking Q3 and look cool in the college door. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. Buy a piece of shit car. You're never going to see these college kids, these friends of yours again. You're never going to see these fucking people from high school ever again.
All right. There's there. I mean, there's a saying: if you are the smartest person in the room, or the smartest person, yeah, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong fucking room. If you're the big fish in the small pond, you need to jump to a bigger pond. You need to find smarter people. You need to get away from this familiarity and be uncomfortable. Being a hundred thousand dollars in debt before you ever make a dollar is one of the biggest scams in American history. It's a scam, hundred percent. Every every semester, some fucking idiot and their stupid ass parents fall for it. Every year, I was so I was sold the college idea because I mean. I almost like I was I don't know it took me it took me years to pay that shit off years thirty four thousand dollars thirty four grand I could have bought my own fucking house before um before covid or just after covid I could have purchased my own house by myself blah 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 Ain't nobody's help if I would have had that money and used... I mean, obviously... I mean... If I didn't know how to... If I wasn't taught better, how to not piss it all away. But there was no teaching there. That wasn't the thing. There was no examples to be set. There was no graphs on a map. Never happened. Never had a teacher like that. My parents didn't know that stuff. It was it wasn't laid out in front of me like that. The American dream is real, but you just get distracted by people who don't know any better. It's crazy. And those who stay in the pocket win. They really do. At a young age, they win. But my god, if you are even a little bit behind right now. If you have zero debt right now, first of all, congratulations to you. You can at least live you can live. You can live comfortably. You can drive a car. You can buy food. You can you can get gas. You can, uh, 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 you know, keep a bottle of wine in your in your in your uh, in your fucking apartment. You can live, but you won't live the dream. Now you could be a minimalist type person and just not deal with. You can live out in the countryside and maybe have like a 15 minute commute to work while you work on your side. Try to grow your side projects and stuff like that. That's great, but I mean. Shit. The kids right now going to university? Whew. Good luck to you. Honestly. Good luck to you. But, like I said, I didn't want to deviate too much. I wanted to see if I could solve some first world problems. I'm not solving the Israel-Palestine war. Or excuse me, the Israel-Hamas war. Not solving it. I'm not solving the, the mass... Uh, the mass fucking thing that is college college debt not solving it well i did solve it stop going to college stop going unless you're going to a law firm and you're going to spend the next 10 years or you're going to be like a really good doctor or something like that which nobody is i've driven through these college towns i see these kids on a weekly basis they're fucking idiots oh, i'm getting a marketing degree no you're not well yeah you are how are you going to market yourself at all that debt Getting a liberal arts degree. You're stupid. You are stupid. You are st stupid. Stupid. 
absolutely fucking stupid. And I thought I was stupid. Well, I am stupid, but I am not stupid. Like, have they not learned? Have they not learned? They All they do is watch Instagram and YouTube all day. You'd think there'd be one fucking person on either of those platforms that's telling them, hey, what you're doing is a bad idea. You really should think about it. You should drop out right now and go work for some fucking deli counter or shit five guys is five guys is is uh they went from 18 dollars an hour to like 20 something dollars an hour with like a matching 401k and free meals imagine that you're serving burgers and making 20 bucks an hour that's fucking nuts that's fucking nuts anyways i'm, I'm rambling here what are we at? That's a 12-minute ramble. That wasn't too bad. Um, I do want to... We'll get to some dig.com q and I want to really blast through these. I want, some, I want to see if I can solve some people's problems here. Um, so anyways, if you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amounts appreciated. Check out the Weeble apps in the affiliate link description down below. Find this podcast. The video version is on Rumble. Rumble.com. Look for Positive Sarcasm. And, of course, if you want to subscribe to the podcast in audio format, it's available, downloadable, and streamable on my website, PositiveSarcasm.com. It's also available on Substack, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify. So, here's the backstory. I went, to, I went back to university in my late 20s. This is dig.com Q&A. Uh, here's the backstory. I went back to university in my late 20s to do my PhD and shared an office with a few other students for many years. One of the students, Jacob, completed his thesis and was moving back to his home country. So we all went out for congratulatory farewell drinks. One thing led to another, and Jacob and I spent the night together. See, spend a night together. Oh, for those of you watching, I'm hoping you're enjoying the candles, by the way. I, I lit those just for you. Uh, a few weeks later, I realized I was pregnant and I had no way to contact Jacob. Nice job, stupid. His university email and mobile number had been deactivated since he left the university in the country. Nice job, Jacob. Fucking chew and screw and then screw. I didn't need anything, though, from him and was fine to raise the child alone. The one he complaining about. But I thought he had a right to know. I googled him a few times over the years but never found him. This last week, our department had emailed everyone to introduce and welcome our new manager, Jacob, with a photo and a blurb about his education and work history, so I know for sure it's him. The night we spent together changed my life because it made me a parent. So I have thought about Jacob from time to time when my daughter asks about her dad. <laughs> your mommy was a pig. I noticed a genetic trait she didn't get from me. However... I doubt Jacob has given me given that night a second thought. I have no idea whether he will have any concerns about uh, being my manager, given our history, or whether I'm making a bigger deal of this than I should. In our company, it is common for everyone in the department to reply to all these introduction emails and introduce themselves. Welcome the newcomer aboard and explain how their role will interact with others. Oh, interact with theirs. I'm not sure if my email should note that Jacob and I studied together years uh, years ago as a way to get that out in the open, or should I email him individually and offer to have a discussion about keeping our history out of the workplace if he thinks it's needed? 
I'd appreciate any suggestions for language that indicates I'm not concerned and will be completely professional. All right. And then in direct contradiction to that, I'd also appreciate a script for separate email saying, can we please meet outside of work? Because I need to tell you something important about our history. So I can tell him about his daughter. Um, well, is it a co- Well, hold on. Is it a coworker? Let's see. A few weeks later, I realized we have uh, Jacob. Uh, department had emailed everyone to introduce our welcome. Our new manager, Jacob. Oh, okay. So. So he's the, the so he's the new manager. He all right. I mean, let's be honest here. In reality, the new manager of your of your work group is the father potentially the father uh, pending a DNA test, the father of your daughter. Okay. Um. Well, I get. You know what? He is partly responsible. So he made a decision in college to sleep with you. And then... Not... I mean, he made that decision. He made that decision. He is partly responsible. Kudos to you for raising the kid. Um, should... Do you have a... Do you have a responsibility to tell him? Uh, yeah. I think you do. I mean, maybe you should seek some legal counsel. Just to be... Uh, safe and then from there you know talk to him about hey are you the same Jacob that blah 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 um, okay and yeah and then discuss that with him because if he is indeed the father of your child then that's a conflict is it a conflict of interest at work it could be um is this something that you want to I do you want to leave work for? I mean, do you really want to keep this job? Do you want do you do you give a flying fuck about this job first of all? I mean, if you do, all right, well then you have a decision to make. If you don't and you just want to leave and get out and be and does he have a right to know? Uh I don't know. I don't know what the legal I mean Hmm. I don't know if he has a legal right to know. I think you you would have to dis- you would have to discuss with legal counsel. A does he want? I mean, if he wants to know, does he have a legal right to know? What are your what's the company policy about things like this? Does the company have a right to know? I mean, you just need to cover your tracks a little bit. Not cover your tracks, but just you know cover the bases. Not cover it up, but like, all right, I need to do this, this, and this, and I need to be a responsible adult. And obviously, um. Your daughter wants to know about her father. But ultimately, you're the mother and you've raised the child and then you have a decision to make there. Um, if you talk to Michael outside of work, I mean... I mean, that's going to be interesting. Shit, I can't even solve this first one. Fuck it, let's move on to the next one. Bitch, you fucked. He fucked up too, though. Uh, our company merged with another and relocated. The new building had family bathrooms that were retrofitted to make a nursing and pumping room with a sink, mini refrigerator, nice, two recliners, electrical outlets, and a dimmer switch. To set the mood, you know. 
You can't milk them titties without a dimmer switch. Three women in our building use it, coordinating their time on a Slack channel that is visible to everyone. Oh. One of the women went to use the pumping room. She found a man in the recliner wearing headphones and charging his phone. What the fuck? He apologized for losing track of time and not leaving before she needed the room. She emailed him, her manager, HR, and both of their nursing mothers for clarification. The mother's opinion is that the, this room is set aside for a specific purpose, not a general relaxing or rejuvenating space. They feel violated that a man is coming to this space just to hang out. How dare you assume his pronouns? Uh, the man provided a doctor's note stating that he has anxiety, ADHD, and sensory processing disorder. Oh, fuck you! And that he needs a space where he can regroup when the office becomes overstimulating. Oh, fuck you! He asked to join their Slack channel and that said he would give them priority. HR and management are still working out what is legal in this situation under the new federal breastfeeding and pumping rules. Puppet. Meanwhile, rumors about this conflict are spreading like wildfire, and with many picking sides in a really ugly way. The mothers... Uh, who'd, have, who'd have thought titties would fucking drive everybody crazy? The mothers would have been more likely to share the space if he had asked first, or apologized for assuming anyone could use it. But he doubled down on the argument that nobody said it was exclusively a pumping room. Pump it. He has said things such as, no boys allowed, that is their clubhouse. What can be done to mitigate the damage and support all employees? Um, so a, lact a lactation room is pretty straightforward. So, I mean, what does it say here? Company merged with another relocated, blah, 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 blah. Family bathrooms that were retrofitted to make a nursing room, a nursing pumping room with a sink, mini refrigerator, two recliners, electrolytes, and a dimmer switch. That is visible to everyone. It's the company's responsibility to make sure that if this is a pumping room, it is a pumping room. All right. It is not a fucking panic room or a safe space for some bitch ass male employee to go in there and be like, I need to get away from things because somebody sent a mean email. Blah, 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 blah. Shut up, homo. Be a fucking man. Be a man. All right. Go home. Get a different job. Go lift some weights. A company's pot. The company is partly responsible. Like, this is a pumping room. This is not for anybody else. This is not for other women to sit in there and fling flinger their fucking beans. It's not for dudes to sit in there and cry about their fucking problems. It's for women who are lactating and need to pump breast milk for their child. A very important assignment as a pregnant woman. As a woman who is breastfeeding. And I don't mean someone who identifies as a woman. I mean an actual woman that needs milk from her titties to feed her fucking kid. And the company needs to be very specific about that. Alright? If the guy wants to double down, he's double downing on being a bitch. I saw that one at least. Let's move on to the next one. I'm a 27-year-old woman. Oh, good for you. I was raised with the knowledge that my parents and grandparents were comfortable and that I had enjoyed a certain certain level of privilege as a result. Hmm. Privilege is good. I like me some privilege. Uh, I, intended, I attended schools, graduated university without debt, nice, and was given sizable deposit on a starter apartment, which I share with a roommate. All right, well, good for you. I don't fucking care. Uh, however, I also worked from the assumption that I would have to make my way in the world and that student jobs etc. Like the rest of my peers, I applied for the same market as everyone else when I graduated. My grandfather recently passed away and left me a small fortune. Nice! You got the fucking easy way out! Good for you! 
it is enough that I could invest and never work again. I love my job, so I don't want to do this. All right. My fiance thinks this is what we should do. He's in a band and is a talent, you, talented musician, but they haven't taken off yet. Even before this, he worked 20 hours a week to concentrate on his music. Now he wants to quit his job. He also balks at giving a portion away to charity. Even though this is a family tradition, I would like to continue. I have also noticed some other changes like him wanted to eat a more high-end level. Oh, I see what he's doing. Add in taking an attitude to servers. What a fucking musician. Given that we both did this kind of work when we were students, I find this lack of empathy awful. We were engaged and I love, we are engaged and I love him, but I have concerns that his values have changed since we came into this amount of money. I'm thinking of calling off the wedding, but I love him. Help. Uh, yeah, you need to get out. You need to get out of this engagement. This guy uh, is a piece of shit. All right. Anybody who treats um, anybody who treats servers like shit is a person you don't want to fucking hang out with. I don't. I don't care. I don't care who they are. I don't care the color of their skin, the religion on their necklace. I don't give two fucks what Bible they thump against. It doesn't matter to me. If you treat a server like shit and they're telling you how to spend your money, they can go fucking suck a dick. Uh, he's an asshole. He wants to quit his job. Yeah. I want to be an expiring musician and spend all your money. And blah, blah, blah. Call the engagement. Call off the engagement because if you get married, he's going to get some of that change. Fuck that shit. Get rid, of, get rid of this guy. Sucks. Move on to the next one. I saw that one. Oh, no. All right. I'm, I'm already angry against this one. Here, I'm going to read this verbatim. I, in parentheses, she, her, have two kids, 19 and 20 who I raise as a single mother. My now husband, their stepfather, is white. And my children and I are East Asian. He was raised with racist ideals. And though he has largely shed those beliefs, some of his slip-ups are inexcusable. He rallied his nephews into taunting my daughter with racist slurs and actions on more than one occasion. Whenever I confront him about it, he blames it on his upbringing, though he said he has moved on from it. He tried forcing my kids to change their last names from mine to his because because mine is too, quote, too generic. I recently found a series of text messages that he sent to them, threatening them to come home from college, calling them names, etc. My husband doesn't know that I've seen it. And he seems very kind otherwise. How do I deal with this? Um, I think both of you are shitbags. I don't. First of all, you're pro, what you're saying right off the bat with the pronouns. I'm already fucking. I already. You, you've already got a strike against you in my eyes. I, I don't want to talk to you. All right. I, I get it. You have two kids. You're probably a woman. You don't need to fucking announce your pronouns. I don't like you already. And it ain't because you're East Asian. I don't like you because you had to oh beat it over the head of telling me exactly what you were. I would have fucking figured it out by the entire paragraph that you wrote. So if your husband is truly a racist, great. He's an asshole. And congratulations, you fucking married him. All right? You married him. That's on you. He's a piece of shit. It's on him. Divorce and move on. And get rid of the programs. And fuck your kids. <clears throat> I saw that one too. Rather hastily. You think I care? Honestly? You think I give a fuck if people don't disagree with me or triggered by what I say? I don't give a shit. 
I don't. I go through these things and it, these are fucking first world problems. Figure it the fuck out. Recently I noticed anyways, recently I noticed a guy in a one reeled a one wheel rider gear, knee and elbow pads, combination helmet and sun hat with helmet cam on top, milling around my house. What? When I went outside, I found that he had plugged his skateboard thing into an exterior outlet of my house. When I asked him why he couldn't use his own electricity, he claimed he didn't have any. Probably the kind of thing you say when you're unexpectedly being unexpectedly called out and told me not to be a dick about it because my electricity doesn't cost anything. My house, my rules. But given that electricity is actually really cheap and I, that I live in a place that sources most of its power from renewables, should I just let anybody plug in? Uh, I would call the police immediately and have this person escort your property and have them served a trespassing notice. And if they show up again, file a restraining order. That's stealing. It's it's theft. Somebody plugs into your shit to charge their shit? Yeah, that's illegal. That's 100% illegal. Fuck him and his stupid-ass bullshit scooter. Seriously. And he tells you not to be a dick about it? Fuck him! Let's move on to the next one. Uh, <laughs> what time are we at? 28 minutes? I am 22 and my boyfriend is 31. Ooh. Gray hair snake. He has been called a pervert. I have been called a gold digger. Why is it so impossible to people for people to believe we generally just fell in love? So you're 22 and he's 31. It's about nine years apart. I do think I am more attracted to older guys. Yes, most women are and the stability they offer. Yeah, makes sense. He's divorced and she was older than he and had definitely stopped taking care of herself, gained 40 pounds, etc. Yeah, well, shouldn't have gotten fat. It doesn't seem crazy he'd be attracted to the opposite of that. <laughs> this girl's smart. I jog every morning and eat right. That a girl. Does that make us bad people or everyone's worst stereotype? Or no. No, actually, I don't think so. You're less than 10 years apart. Uh, granted, you are not 25, but... All right, so you're 22. You wanted a guy who was stable. You wanted a guy who wanted somebody attractive, healthy, mentally uh, together. He wanted the opposite of someone who was older. He obviously made a mistake, but he's 31. He's dating you probably because you're hot and you take care of yourself. Um, but you understand that. And I mean, maybe you guys get along really, really well. So I don't, I wouldn't call him a pervert. And I mean, unless he's like a multimillionaire, why would you be called a gold digger? And I don't know who's calling you that and who cares. And maybe, first of all, don't be publishing it. It doesn't really matter. Nine years isn't that bad. If he was, if you were 18 and he was 31, all right, that's a bit of a stretch. I mean, you kind of just arrived to the party, but you're 22. I mean, you're te you technically would be graduating college. Ah, college. Or, you know, you're in the world. You're 22. So you have responsibility, or at least you should. I mean, I'm assuming you work. If you work, eat right, take care of yourself, all this other stuff. And you want, um, and, and as long as you work, and he works, I don't, I don't see a problem here. And you want a guy who wants, has stability? Yeah, no shit. 
I totally see what I totally see what you're talking about. It makes it makes sense to me. I don't I don't see a problem here. Uh, at all. So people who call you gold, I mean, maybe they're just jealous. I mean, that is totally possible, especially this world. There's there's haters all over the place. Let's move on to the next one. A year ago, we were out driving for uh for some errands and saw a puppy abandoned by the side of the road. Our seven-year-old daughter, Daisy, insisted we couldn't just leave him there. We wound up taking in the pup, getting him fed, vaccinated, probably rabies, cleaned up by a vet, and after a short failed search to find him a permanent home, uh, our friend circle, uh, permanent home among our friend circle, we decided to keep him. Daisy named him Barkokins. It's a good name. And the name stuck. Unfortunately, Barkokins wasn't the greatest pet. He got along with us, but pretty much any dog or anyone outside the family would get snapped at if they went too close. None of the training methods worked. We tried. We worked. We tried work. So about a month ago, we got desperate enough to take him to one of those dog obedience schools, hoping the professionals could do whatever what the amateurs couldn't. The instructor realized the problem two seconds after we walked in. We walked him in. Barkokins was an abandoned timber wolf puppy. That created not just a pet problem, but a legal problem. Timber wolves are exotic animals by our state laws. That means you need to get an exotic pet license and all sorts of classes to keep them. The time and money to do that wasn't available, so we wound up surrendering Barkokins to animal control. They say he's going to be rehomed in an animal shelter, but the person we spoke to was very vague about specifics, and I have a private certainty that he was just put down. Daisy has been absolutely inconsolable. For all his other behavioral problems, the wolf was always very gentle with her, and she misses her dog terribly. She says she's never going to forgive us for not taking the classes to keep him. After all, she's t she takes classes every day. She seems impervious to even listening to why we did what we did. How do we help her get over this? Um, well, if the dog, I mean, surrendering the dog is, I under, I, look, I get it. Uh, but if the, if, if the wolf was put down, you didn't do your job as a parent. If the dog was, I mean, it, you didn't do your job. If the wolf was put down, you didn't do, I don't think you did your job as a parent. Look, I mean, that could be debated. Maybe you did do your job as a parent because a, a wolf in dog's clothing, I guess you could say, is a dangerous thing. Um, look, wolves are can be very gentle, blah, blah, blah. And I've seen all the Instagrams of the dogs looking at the, the wolves looking at each other's inside of their mouths and all this other shit. But, you know, this was, I think you, I mean, you obviously wanted to protect her. Um, I'll have to split it down the middle. Maybe there was a uh, uh, um something down the middle you could have done, because if the dog was, if the wolf, excuse me, the wolf was put down. Um, I don't think you did your job. I think you just kind of surrendered it. You got the dog, you got the wolf out of there as quickly as possible. And this wolf was already accustomed to living a domesticated life now. Even though it's not a domesticated animal, um, you could have done more. You could have done more and you didn't, and you kind of have to deal with the consequences of that. Yeah. I mean, 
How many years has gone by? You know, your seven-year-old sister, we couldn't just leave him there. You got him vaccinated and all this other stuff. Um, how many years has it been? It's been several years. Has it been several years? Several months? Did you... I mean, maybe you could have got a DNA test immediately to find out what was going on. I mean, if it was like a, an American pit bull or something like that, you know, then, okay, trainable, you figure it out. No big deal. Rottweiler, no big deal. Figure it out. Timberwolf, all right, you got a problem. How do you solve it? You know, these, these are all little things. And Timberwolves are big motherfuckers, too. Um, you don't help her get over this. She's going to remember this for the rest of her life. You don't help them get over it. I mean, if she does see another dog, but she, you realize that you've created something. This You've created something within this child. There's going to be this ever-burning amber inside this child uh, for the rest of her life. And it... I mean, her ire might be towards you, or she might just end up being like somebody who, you know, dances with wolves and runs an animal sanctuary and stuff like that. This is very traumatizing for this child. They're never going to get over this. There's no nothing to solve here because the damage is done. The damage is irreversible. Irreversible. There's nothing you can do. Nothing. She will never get over Barkelkins. Move on to the next one. My boyfriend and I can't went camping this summer during an air quality advisory. At first it wasn't bad, but as the first day went on, the sky turned gray and everything smelled like smoke. The fires were far away, so we were not worried about being caught in them. I have a health condition that can be triggered by bad air, so I was I told him I had to leave. I suggested driving to a nearby hotel and if he if the air was better in the morning we could come back to the campsite. For what it's worth, we had come in my we had come in my car, so I wasn't asking to borrow his. I even clarified that I would pay for the hotel. Okay. He didn't want to leave and got frustrated with me for suggesting it and actually and eventually things escalated into a fight. Like, did he throw hands? He accused me of making excuses and exaggerating my health problems, and suggested the truth was that I just didn't want to be with him. Finally I felt myself starting to feel sick and told him that I needed to leave for my own safety, with or without him. I said I was going to a hotel and I'd rather he come with me, but if he didn't want to, I wouldn't for I couldn't force him. He refused to budge, so I went to the hotel by myself and came back the next morning to pick him up. Ever since then, he's had a grudge against me for abandoning him in the smoky air. He said I didn't leave him in an escape route, and he would have been screwed if I got worse, if it got worse, and that I was actually prioritizing myself over him. Well, if, and if I thought it was actually dangerous, then I shouldn't have left him there. I said it was my car, so I sh it should have been my choice. It has been a sore spot between us, and I'm starting to doubt myself. Was I wrong for leaving? No, you told him to leave. You had a health condition, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, obviously, there is a, a, there's a fire. So it's like, you know, maybe, uh, maybe he should have packed his shit and went with you. And if you were paying for it, I mean, pff, man, hotel sex is the best. It's way best. You could destroy the hotel. And not care. You just leave a tip and let somebody else deal with it. Let's do one more. We were recently informed that for the last 28 months, since May of 2021, that system that the system that records our time cards 
PTO pay stubs and other financial information had a glitch that incorrectly allocated more vacation time pay period than there was in the benefits guide. Leadership just found this out and we are working to get the updated balances out to all staff. For the past couple of years, leadership has waived the max vacation carryover rule and has repeatedly asked people to spend down their hours. People have saved PTO for honeymoons to care for their children outside of school hours and to supplement sick time for family emergencies and parental leave. And we're relying on this number to be accurate. Former staff members have come and gone and been paid out for these extra hours in that time. But now staff are finding themselves with negative balances since the updated ca uh, calculations are reducing totals by up to 200 hours per person. If you leave before your balance is over zero, you have to pay back the organization. If we had left before the error was fixed, we would have not been affected. It feels like the employees are being punished for staying for a mistake that's not ours and for trusting the system and the team in charge of it. What can we leverage to push back on this? Is there a way we could propose a different solution to leadership than we've been penalized this team for error? I would immediately go seek legal counsel. Immediately. The company fucked up, not you. Now, obviously, the company, you know, all shit rolls downhill. I would immediately go see, uh, seek legal counsel on this. And this seems like a fucking giant class action lawsuit just begging, begging to be filed. The company fucked up. It's a, it, this is a total uh, uh, tax oopsie, uh, uh, an Excel spreadsheet error. It is 100% the company's fault. 100%. No employee should suffer for this. I say fucking eat it and move on. You know, give everybody the hours that they originally allocated to and call it call it a day. Uh, this is a fucking terrible company that you're working for, apparently. So uh, you need to, because they're going to, you know, they just discovered this error. Yeah, sure they did. Um, you got to get, you got to seek legal counsel if 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 lawsuits are pending or allowable fucking fire away have your resume ready to go and get the hell out anyways what time are we at we are at 41 minutes we're going to close up shop for uh for this week off the grid um if you guys have questions concerns comments you can hit me up on my website positive sarcasm.com you can contact me there in the contact section obviously uh, like, subscribe, share, donate, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Check out the Weeble app. The affiliate link is in the description down below. Sign up using the affiliate link and you'll get free stocks. I think it's 12 right now. Um, like I said, I'm not solving the Israel-Hamas war uh, crisis and um, not solving a lot of other problems, but I did solve a few of those dig.com Q&As. So hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you can find me on Rumble, Positive Sarcasm, Substack Audio, uh, Positive Sarcasm. You can download it and stream it directly from my website, or you can go to your usual place where you download audio formatted podcasts and uh, find me there. But uh, thank you. Uh, imposing music for competitive fitness people. Uh, you guys know how to find me. You guys know how to find me. Appreciate everything that you're doing. Uh, good luck to those in the uh, Olympia. And uh, I guess I can talk to you guys most likely back at the Spare Parts Studio next week. Thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing, and I'll talk to you. Recorded here, off the grid. This has been a positive sarcasm presentation.
open fire